This is Shayla Adam Stafford, and you're listening to Project Based Learning in Practice. Thank you for tuning in to PBL in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project based learning to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adam Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on project based learning. I had the amazing opportunity to speak at the White House in 2015 to share how PBL looks in my classroom before a room of national leaders. I'm a member of the National Faculty of Buck Institute and founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college-bound students. Enough about me, let's get into our guest. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Buck Institute for Education, who believes that all students, no matter where they live or what their background, should have access to quality project-based learning to deepen their learning and achieve success in college, career, and life. As a teacher and coach, I can honestly say they have some awesome resources available on their website. Everything from books to project planning guides to project calendars, rubrics, assessment maps, you name it. They offer services that can really help your staff or district implement high quality PBL, including training, coaching, and my favorite, project slices, where educators get the experience of going through a PBL project as if they were students. Check out all they have to offer on their site, www.bie.org. Again, that's www.bie.org. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Great, great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. And uh, just heard a little bit about your background, but what else should our listeners know about you? Um, I think the I think the main thing is that um, I'm kind of a big kid when it comes when it comes down to the crux of things. Uh, I think we we work with kids, and and sometimes as an adult, we um, we have to remember that we we do this for fun, and we want kids to have fun, and we gotta have some fun ourselves. So I like to have fun. <laughs> cool, cool, and I I definitely agree. We always we always have to maintain that kind of childlike demeanor because we can't get too serious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'd love for you to chat with us a bit about what brought you to project-based learning and maybe just tell us a little bit about your leadership journey as well, because we really want you to speak to folks that are doing PBL and are in leadership. Got it. So um, I, had, I had an amazing opportunity about three years ago to open up a, a STEAM school uh, that's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And um, during that journey, you know, our goal was to engage kids in a different way. We, we said we didn't want school to look traditional. We wanted kids to have meaningful learning experiences, which they could apply to real, real world situations. And so when we started looking at how we were going to deliver that, that uh, the content, the, the standards, um, we, we landed on inquiry. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and from there, kind of our campus, um, you know, delivery, instructional delivery um, uh, went down that, that vein. And so as a leader, uh, when, when our campus, uh, when we made the decision that we were going to use PBL and inquiry, um, I had to figure out, okay, this is, this is a fantastic uh, tool uh, for students to experience. 
but how we're going to make that happen. And so uh, that's where I began to really dive into uh, the research and dive into the different resources. Um, and, you know, we hired some consultants to come in and they did a fan- fantastic job of not just um, helping us with the leadership piece uh, and implementation piece. They also helped us with the parental engagement and student engagement piece as well. And so uh, as a as a principal of a campus that's entire, entirely PBL, uh, that was entire, entirely PBL because I'm at a different campus now, it was a, mm-hmm. it was a great learning experience and, and things, and I've taken a lot of those things with me to my new campus. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I definitely want to dig uh, deeper into your experience, uh, really just how, how you were able to transform your, your, the STEAM school and, uh, a few years ago. So we'll, we'll dig deeper into that as we go through okay. our conversation. Um, but tell us what has been your PBL superpower. Um, I would say that facilitation um, of PBL has been my superpower <laughs> because uh, the, the number one thing that, that I want to do as a leader is, um, is model what it is that mm-hmm. you know we want teachers to do in the classroom and so right. part of that is we have to put we have, we have to put teachers in a position to be students and as we do yeah. that um we've got to be effective or else teachers won't buy in and so uh all of my all of my faculty meeting uh and professional learning opportunities i'm constantly modeling facilitation and and it could be facilitation of you know one brief segment of a meeting or facilitating an entire, uh, you know, two or three day uh, learning experience for teachers. And so um, uh, I've learned that that tends to be because I was a former coach and, uh, and I mm-hmm. do well with large groups. Um, facilitation is kind of a strength for me. Okay. And, and that's a really interesting concept of really thinking of the teachers as learners. And could you maybe talk a little bit about maybe one particular experience that you've created for teachers to kind of have an experience what you know being a, a student in a PBL classroom would be like that's a really cool um thought so there. so uh the the first way is is we do a um we have two two segments we have a four-day training which we do for teachers and we have a two-day training which we do for teachers and um mm-hmm. in, in those in those trainings we spend the first the first day really diving into uh, the theory of PBL and, and, and talking about um, the, the things that teachers need to learn. And so um, teachers, well, what I noticed is that teachers uh, struggle at the very beginning when there are a lot of open-ended uh, opportunities, learning opportunities. And so when you begin to talk about knows and need to knows, and uh, there's, there's very little guidance from a, um, from an administrator standpoint and a facilitator standpoint, uh, sometimes teachers who, who really like you to just tell them what to do, uh, sometimes like <laughs> their students, um, they struggle with that at the beginning. And, and so coaching them through that autonomy piece and getting them to connect uh, their, their prior knowledge and, and background to the learning experience that we're going to create and it is, is extremely important. And so, so one of those things might be, um, you know, setting up the classroom learning environment uh, for the learning that's going to take place. And so um, we, I'm, I'm constantly talking to teachers about um, collaboration. So if we want collaboration to happen uh, in our classrooms, we've got to set up the environment for that to happen. And, and so when we 
when we dive into that 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 one the the two day training and on that first day um we're talking about what is your classroom you know what could your classroom look like and we get them dreaming and things like that um and then we talk about the possibility of flexible seating and we talk about a workshop area um we talk about you know how we're going to display the different phases and and the vocabulary of going through the the PBL learning process, and mm-hmm. so um, that that's that's kind of been the biggest uh, aha as a, as a leader. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and we've taken we've taken teachers who had no knowledge of PBL uh, into turning them into great facilitators, designing and facilitating PBLs, and we've taken teachers who thought they had a knowledge of PBL and found that they were just doing some dessert projects on top. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and uh, and so that transformation is is a great success in and of itself. mm -hmm. And and it's a struggle. And that's the the thing that, uh, that a lot of teachers um, going into it, I think we as leaders have to set them up to understand that it is going to be a struggle and you will want to revert back to, um, your traditional methods because that's what's comfortable and so it's it's learning to live in that discomfort is is where the growth happens absolutely absolutely and so you you talked a bit about um vocabulary in within the pbl content and uh, i know that you have had some successes in that area so could you talk to us a little bit about a breakthrough pbl moment mm-hmm. that you've had maybe dive into that so um the story that comes to mind is is our first year of implementation um our teachers understood the theory uh in the of of designing pbls um and and so we dove into creating these great projects and um, teachers were excited about it and we just couldn't understand why we were falling short and why it was looking different in every classroom and so um, we got a group together and we had conversations and, you know, we, we brought in our consultants and, you know, we had conversations about our process. And what we found mm-hmm. was that um, we didn't have a clarity of vocabulary. We weren't all using the same language, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had teachers that wanted to use essential questions. And then we had teachers that were using driving questions and kids right. were getting confused. <laughs> And um, then we had teachers that were doing KWLs versus knows and need to knows. And, and so um, it was just, all of these things, I'm sure, as you know, are very basic, but Mm -hmm. when you're trying to roll something out, a learning framework out campus wide, they, they begin to to become barriers to consistency. And so, you know, a KWL or a knows need to know might look different in every single classroom. And what we wanted to do was standardize our process. And what we found is that when we got a common vocabulary and we standardized our process, the phases that we were going to take students through, we began to see kids accelerate and teachers began to, to really buy in and lean in and, and really take risks because, because before that we were kind of being safe. And so, yeah. um, and so once, once we honed in on vocabulary and once we honed in on um, student achievement, we, we began to, to see a huge difference and our parents began to buy in, our kids began to buy in and our teachers started having a lot of fun. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. And it really, 
kind of emphasizes the importance of that common language mm -hmm. so that you can move as a unit and really help students to understand kind of that in every class we're going to be using knows and need to knows or we're all going to be engaging with the driving question and I think that does like you said provide a lot of clarity for students and teachers so mm -hmm. awesome uh, could you talk to us a little bit about your most challenging PBO moment? <laughs> um, I would say our, our most challenging moment is probably one that's familiar to anybody who's done this work. And that's mm -hmm. the fact that um, the, the parents come to me as the principal and say, in, in my APs and say, you know, my kid's teacher doesn't teach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh because, you know, that's, at the time, it was so stressful as an administrator because you're you're saying, right. you know, if you only could sit in class, if you could only uh, see what it is that kids are doing, you'd see that they're right. really they're really taking ownership of the learning. And so, um, take taking ownership of the learning when students haven't done that before, that's a struggle for them, and we're mm -hmm. we're pushing them to do that more. So, uh, for us, it was getting buy-in from our parents. And what I found the difference between year one and year two was. Um, year one, I, I talked about what PBL could look like and, mm -hmm. and parents, they thought, oh, this is great. This is going to be, this is going to be so fantastic, <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't know what it would be like from a parental standpoint. And so in year two, what, what I learned was we got, we've got to coach the, the parents just like we coached the, the students. And so right. we began to have conversations during our parent meetings about, Okay, when your kid says that my teacher doesn't teach me, then you ask them, you know, will you pull out your your challenge brief? Will you pull out, you know, your driving questions, project requirements? Will you pull out the rubric? Mm -hmm. And and let's talk about that. And then yeah. parents begin to say, Oh, so there is a rubric, and then there's this information that I can look at as a parent that basically tells me the work that my kid's gonna be doing um over the next uh coming few days or few weeks. And so um, when parents began to understand that lingo of, well, the kid says, right. I don't have any homework. Well, um, yeah, you're right, because we were a campus that, that we tried to get everything inside the school day because we didn't want to depend on parents um, uh, who had various schedules to, to deliver our content. And so what we would give is we would give extension and, and intervention um, uh, practice with, to our students. Uh, built in and so when the kid says they don't have homework the parent could say what are your what are your need to knows or what do right. you knows and can you prove that to me can you explain that to me and so parents begin to have uh, engaging conversations with their students about what they were learning and parents became excited about um, about those conversations because that was a connection to school that parents hadn't had before and we weren't asking them to be the teachers we we're asking their kids to be the yeah. teachers and and that's interesting too. Did you have to do some training with parents around the vocabulary that you were using? You know, mm -hmm. in, the, in the concepts that the students would be be working with. Absolutely. So we, what we did is, you know, we sent out weekly newsletters, and we had we had about um, three to four parent events per semester, and so we always found ways to weave things in. Um, so that parents were constantly hearing uh, the language and seeing the language because we also had a graphic for our process. And so a parent could understand and it could, a parent could see the graphic and say, okay, so you're working on, you're in the research work phase uh, right. of your project. 
And so this is what you're going to be doing during the research work phase. So we began to message that to parents in a way that we never had before. That's really awesome. Awesome. Don't be surprised if somebody emails you after this for that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <for> that graphic. <laughs> so we're um, about to wrap up soon. And, you know, I'd like to hear from you just as a, a leader in the PBL space. Do you have any tips for a PBL leader or organizational tools that have really helped you? And, you know, if you were speaking to someone starting a PBL school or, you know, in the trenches of the first few years, uh, any specific tips for them as they begin that journey or yeah. as they're in that? I would, I would um, challenge uh, new people new to PBL and then also those who are, who've been diving into it. I challenge them to focus on facilitation um, because mm-hmm. I think facilitation is, is one of those things that, I mean, I'm a teacher. I, I can do this. I teach every day. I teach eight class periods a day. And I've, I've honed in on my practice of teaching, but teaching and facilitating are two different things. And, mm-hmm. and when, and when you're driving, uh, driving the learning as a teacher and you're lecturing and, you know, you're taking kids in and out of activities, that's, that's a whole different uh, process from when you're facilitating. And there's a lot of backend setup um, that happens with PBL and the, there's a teachers, what I find is that teachers do a fantastic job of designing uh, this PBL, but then they leave the facilitation up to chance. And I would say anytime you get in your PLCs to practice uh, facilitating a PBL or even parts of a PBL would be a, fan, a fantastic uh, practice to get in the habit of doing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The more practice, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if well sorry i have another question um if you're thinking about a problem of practice that you as a leader are still grappling with what's something that you you know in your in your new school from what i understand you're doing pbl at another location right yes i'm beginning i'm beginning to dive into that work with a new campus yes yes so tell us what is the problem of practice you're facing right now and maybe how you're approaching it and what you're thinking about as you try to find solutions. So the, the thing that I'm facing right now um, is, is for our campus uh, to start setting up the environment for what we want to happen. So we want our students to have um, small group conversations and we want to see, you know, see and hear the, you know, we want think their thinking to be visible. But what we find is that our desks are in rows and we haven't created the conditions for that to happen. And so a lot of the conversations that I'm having right now is, is this the classroom that you always dreamed of? And, and asking teachers that simple question has really, has really kind of changed um, the way that they look at their classroom, because instead of their classroom is be, being something that, um, uh, that that they do, they they begin to say, you know, this is what I always dreamed about when I was in school, and when I when I think about my own kids, how do I want them to learn, and so right. and how do I want to learn as a as a teacher, and so beginning to think about uh, and dream about those things uh, is where we're at right now, and so mm-hmm. from there from there, what I'm what I'm also doing is I'm trying to identify um, our our go getters. Um, and, right. and, and outside, the, 
yeah, and outside the box thinkers, and and I'm challenging them to to do more and do different. And so, um, I'm beginning to introduce uh, pieces of, of PBO, and I'm talking about I'm talking to them about how they can uh, integrate research, how they can in- integrate knows and need to knows, how they can integrate driving questions, um, um, challenge briefs, and and rubrics in their classroom. And I'm just doing this slowly when when I walk into their classroom and I have a conversation and the conversation leads, leads us uh, down one of those paths, then I'll suggest it, but it's very organic. Um, I want to be careful not to drive it because I want it to be something that teachers believe in and buy into and, and not something that's forced upon them. Right. Yeah. And creating that buy-in with the staff by doing some of that visioning, I I think, I think that's a really awesome way to start. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Brandon, it's been great connecting with you for the past 20 minutes or so. How can folks keep up with you? Um, feel free to give us uh, some ways to connect with you after the interview is over. So after the interview is over, um, you can feel free to connect with me on my website. It is bjohnsonedu.com. Um, I'm also B Johnson edu, uh, at Twitter on Twitter. And then if you'd like to email me, my email is Brandon B R A N D O N at B Johnson edu.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again for spending some time chatting with us and we hope you have a great rest of the week. Awesome. You too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Right. Bye bye. Our guest for today is Brandon Johnson, the principal of Lake Ride High School in Mansfield, Texas. He's a member of the ASCD Emerging Leaders Class of 2017. His innovative leadership helps bring students into the 21st century by using design thinking, collaborative spaces, and flexible seating. He focuses on preparing students for the real world by developing their future-ready skills. Brandon has also been named a Distinguished Administrator by the TMEA and is a Top 25 STEAM educator to follow on Twitter. He enjoys sharing ideas and collaborating with colleagues to develop better schools for all students. He focuses on the learner experience and creating engaging learning environments in schools. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of PBL in Practice. Take a moment right now and click that subscribe button. And if you want to hear past podcasts, please go to www.shaylastafford.com. Have an awesome week.